First, he writes my coattails with the R rating. Then, the hairy mother ups the anning by dying. What a well, guess what, Wolverine? I'm dying in this one, too. To understand why I took a cat nap on 1,200 gallons of high-chest fuel, I need to take you back to the dewy slopes of six weeks ago. I got international, taking out mass murderers, gangsters, unspeakable criminals. People no one would even touch, except me. I'm going to touch them all over. And then he uh, jumps in and goes, hey, it's Gail calling. I love this shiny suit. It really brings out the s in your eyes. And he goes, whatever you're paying, I'll double it. Chinese or something. Then he goes, I don't speak Cantonese, Mr. Oh, I'm not even going to attempt that. But I do take 8th grade Spanish. So, donde esta la biblioteca? Which literally translates to, I don't bargain, Falcon. Then he jumps through the whole window and stuff. And then he goes, oh. Oh, this isn't Gilbert's. I am so sorry. I thought this was bleaching party. And then he jumps behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. I know, right? Welcome back, everyone. Happy New Year. Ryan Reynolds blessing us with new Deadpool in 2021, ringing in the new year. There's a whole bunch of Deadpool stuff that's actually happening now behind the scenes at Marvel, so it's actually starting to spin up in a really exciting way, so we'll break it down. 2021 already looking so much better than 2020, so be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. I will be doing Deadpool videos throughout the year as we learn more about what's going on with him in the MCU. Now we finally have a window when they're actually going to release Deadpool 3. But if you have no idea what's going on with this, why he's with this kid doing this big Deadpool monologue, he's actually working on another movie right now called The Atom Project with this actor who's doing this Deadpool monologue, a full Deadpool monologue gripping on Wolverine and dropping enough curse words that they had to edit it out. Keep in mind, this is a super young kid and he totally crushed that Deadpool scene that he's doing with Ryan Reynolds. So this is just him doing more classic Ryan Reynolds stuff, dropping funny Deadpool videos throughout the year while they're also working on a bunch of other movies. Like he's got a billion movies that he's working on the next couple of years while Deadpool 3 is happening behind the scenes. For the past couple of years, he's been talking about the MCU, Deadpool 3, Kevin Feige. It seems like it's been a million years at this point just because 2020 drug on for so long. But really, all the Deadpool 3 news started the minute the Fox-Disney deal was announced way back in 2017. Even as Deadpool 2 was just coming out in theaters, we had heard that there was going to be a Fox-Disney deal. And that's when people started to talk about Deadpool in the MCU and what that would look like. But it really wasn't until 2019 after Avengers Endgame came out in theaters. That's around the time that the Fox-Disney deal actually closed through the government. They approved it and they got all those characters back officially. That's when Kevin Feige was allowed to start hiring people to actually write the new Fantastic Four movie, the new X-Men reboot movies that they said that they're doing, and the new Deadpool 3 movie. That's why for the past year or so, every time you see him appear on a talk show or appear with Hugh Jackman doing Wolverine X-Men stuff, they did a bunch of those during 2020. It's just him hyping up Deadpool continuing in the MCU while continuing to take shots at himself and Hugh Jackman as they continue to do their other projects on the side. That's why you see him posting all those videos together because they have a bunch of side projects and charities that they do and they use their funny Deadpool Wolverine in their real life relationship to just hype that up. Hands down my favorite one though was the Wolverine Origins joke that they did. That fell apart quickly. Oof. Guess it's just you and me, Logan. I guess so. You know, uh, you know what that makes this a reunion for? 
X-Men Origins reunite. Yeah. Leave Schreiber is so funny that Wolverine Origins team reunite. But the big thing that just happened a little while ago is Marvel finally officially announced Deadpool 3. They officially hired writers and they'll announce a director soon too, probably before the end of this year. Originally, I wanted Taika Waititi to do it because he expressed an interest in the Deadpool character. He said he was a huge fan, but then they announced Thor 4, Love and Thunder, and they announced he was doing a Star Wars movie after that. So he is way too busy to do a Deadpool movie right now. But they did confirm that Deadpool 3 will be rated R, so don't freak out about that. They're not going to try and shoehorn him into a PG-13 rating just because they want him to be in the MCU. If you didn't know or you hadn't realized before, there's kind of this unspoken or softly spoken rule at Disney that all the mainstream Marvel films have to be PG-13 just because of the way they market it and the way it all works together. They inherited some rated R movies now because they own the Fox movies technically, but they're actually going to create an adult section for Disney Plus where a lot of that's going to live. So eventually you will see all the Deadpool movies on Disney Plus, but they already confirmed that Deadpool is an MCU character and he's going to cross over into future regular mainstream MCU movies like Avengers 5, the future X-Men reboot movies once they get ready with that franchise, other people's movies as well too, like hopefully Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness. Because supposedly as part of all the talks with Deadpool 3, they're also negotiating a special contract for Ryan Reynolds that will keep him playing Deadpool for a long time. But instead of doing a billion more R-rated Deadpool solo movies after Deadpool 3, because Disney's not super comfortable doing that, they'll use Deadpool more like a supercharged version of Stan Lee with all the cameos in different Marvel movies. Like Deadpool will do a ton of crossover movies and smaller funny cameo scenes in movies where it makes sense that he'd show up. They kind of had to do the same thing with the Hulk for the last several years for completely different reasons though. But Hulk did get an arc in the Marvel movies. It's just broken up across a bunch of different Avengers movies. So going forward, Deadpool is going to be like a hardcore version of Stan Lee in the MCU, commenting on all the action, pointing out things, taking shots at people. Like there's always things in Marvel movies that just don't work real well or jokes that don't land. You bring in Deadpool so that you can make fun of that kind of stuff. Think about the way he made fun of all the other Fox X-Men movies. He'll do the exact same thing for all the Marvel movies, making references and commentary about Avengers Infinity War, the snap, Iron Man dying, making fun of Robert Downey Jr. in real life, making fun of Chris Evans for retiring as Captain America, like Deadpool making old man cap jokes, jokes about how the MCU is over and the hype is dead after Avengers Endgame, just taking shots at everyone in the MCU, including the actors and people like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige is also an easter egg in the first Deadpool movie in the pizza box. If you were ever going to make Kevin Feige a canonical MCU character, you would do it in a Deadpool movie. But the way they're going to handle Deadpool 3 being rated R, but also kind of wanting to tie him to the MCU, is they'll do something like they did during Spider-Man Far From Home in that opening scene. That funny slideshow montage with all the dead characters. Something funny like that, where they use their images, they reference the characters, but like Iron Man himself didn't appear on screen during Spider-Man Far From Home. Black Widow didn't appear during Spider-Man Far From Home. So Deadpool can still do a bunch of MCU and Avengers stuff in his Deadpool solo movies. It's just that they have to be really careful about the way they reference that stuff so that it all makes sense. As for the actual story of Deadpool 3, a lot of that will just address how he's going to be coexisting with the MCU characters going forward without totally selling out or bastardizing the character. They also said that they had to cut a ton of Disney jokes out of Deadpool 2, like Ryan Reynolds joking about getting melted into a Disney liquid for making jokes that they didn't like. But it was actually the Fox people that made them take all those Disney jokes out because they were afraid that it would hurt the buyout deal because that was all going on while they were still making Deadpool 2. So they're like, please don't make fun of Disney too much. We don't want to tank this deal. 
Now it sounds like from what the Disney CEO has said about Deadpool being such a huge fan of that character and Kevin Feige, it sounds like they're totally cool with Ryan Reynolds taking shots at anyone or anything that he wants to. My favorite pick just in terms of comic book stories for them to adapt for the movie that would actually be really timely and apropos of MCU Deadpool now because so much is happening with the multiverse would be Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe except you do it as Deadpool kills the Fox Marvel Universe because obviously they have to address all that continuity and clearly it's probably going to be a multiverse explainer but that's how you do Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe and they just use it as an opportunity to clean up the timelines like he said he was doing in the Deadpool 2 post credit scene. Like take that concept and do the maximum effort version of that for an entire movie. And with all the multiverse and time travel happening during Marvel Phase 4 movies and Disney Plus series, villains like Kang the Conqueror showing up in the Loki series and Ant-Man 3, it also feels like that kind of story fits real well with where they're taking the MCU right now before Avengers 5 picks up. Then because they already confirmed that Deadpool will be in the future MCU movies crossing over, you put him legit in Avengers 5 and that's where you actually see him interacting with a lot of the other characters in a big way. But because they haven't hired a director yet and it takes a while to turn a movie around, the earliest they'll probably be able to get Deadpool 3 released will be 2023. Let me know in the comments though, which other movies do you think that Deadpool will show up in first? Obviously right now the top pick is Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness, just a real small cameo scene just to let us know that he's out on the horizon. While you wait for everything, click here for that brand new Marvel Fantastic Four teaser video and click here to watch Tom Holland reacting to Spider-Man 3 in Venom crossover. Thank you so much for watching, everyone stay safe, maximum effort. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Now today we actually have an industry insider report talking about what's going on with Tobey Maguire and the ask is absolutely insane to make sure that they sure up this contract. But another was misconstrued as a report. It was simply a tweet from a fan and that's why it's so important to chase all of these reports and articles all the way to the source. I know that sometimes that's difficult considering how social media like Instagram can take just a quote from anybody and turn it into what looks like a report. We're going to break down the actual industry insider report regarding Tobey Maguire coming from Daniel Rickman and then a different source from a couple of tweets that's now been reported on as a quote unquote report that really was just a fan tweeting. Guys, we do our best here at the channel to chase down all the source for this material. We debunk fake leaks when we can. This is one of them. We're going to break everything down, what's really going on and the report that comes from a trusted industry insider. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the sub button, then leave a comment down below. And if you want, stick around to the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So the report coming from an actual industry insider is that Tobey Maguire's ask for Spider-Man 3 is insane. Somewhere in the ballpark of $15 million, and this coming from industry insider Daniel Rickman, this is what he's hearing Tobey Maguire is asking for in order to be a part of this film. And as reported by him and several other industry insiders, that's something that's been going on for a while. Maybe the holdup with the trailer and the holdup for finishing that contract. Now that last part is speculation like what we have here that was quote unquote called a report today 
as posted by tweets from one of the writers over at Discussing Film, Frankie Gilmore. It was quote-unquote reported when he weighed in with the tweet that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are both filming for Spider-Man 3, but coming in agreement on Tobey's deal took longer than Sony was expecting, and that's why we haven't gotten any official word yet. This was purely speculation, and as noted by him in a tweet immediately after that, worth noting they left out the part where I said I think, they added the word officially, Toby's deal took longer based on secondhand stuff I've heard. I have no official knowledge, only what we all know. My tweets are purely speculative. I'm a critic and a fan, not a scooper. So yeah, I understand that here at the channel there is sort of a weird gray area. Fan channels like mine, we do everything. We cover official announcements, trailers, Easter egg breakdowns, our own theories and theories that are out there, then everything over to like anonymous 4chan plot leaks that could have been written by anybody and or industry insider reports, Hollywood trade reports. There's a lot of gray area for where the speculation starts and where the credibility ends. And here at the channel, we've always done our best that if it's in the gray area, we let you know that's part of the fun. But if we can debunk it in any way, like those original carnage leaks from the Venom 2 movie that were easily photoshopped, we showed you how those were made. If if I know that it's absolutely not true, if I know that it's just purely speculation on someone's part, then we don't cover it here at the channel because that's something that we can do on our own. I know that it's difficult with fan channels to sort of find the right amount of gray area, but the point is to never mislead and to allow our imaginations and our hopes and our enthusiasm as fans to do the work for us where there could be a possibility. Meaning where there's no possibility, i.e. when someone just speculates something, we're not going to call that a report and report on it. It's not quite like that and I think this sort of frustrates some people as I've read in the comments They call some of these videos clickbait and whatnot. Yeah guys. I'm a human being I've read almost all the comments here at the channel occasionally There's thousands of them and it's hard for me to keep up But I will let you guys know I do my best when I see anything reported to go all the way to the source of where that's coming from and then look at that source itself. And I sort of have a hierarchy here at the channel. Of course, if it comes from Marvel Studios, it's official. And as I say, probably one in three videos right after the prologue, if it doesn't come from Marvel Studios, take it with a grain of salt. And if you start from there, then the things like the anonymous 4chan plot leaks, the industry insider reports, even what the Hollywood trades are coming, all become part of a bigger picture, which we chronicle here at the channel day by day, every single day, and which sort of makes me uniquely qualified to do so as I've been doing this once or twice a day for better part of three years. And on top of that, as new news comes out, I can readily cross-reference it against all the other reports. That's basically how I treat this channel. I'm your scour the internet, find all the news, distill it, and bring you what's really going on. Now, I know we cover unofficial things like anonymous 4chan plot leaks. Literally, anybody could write that and upload it. And if it's interesting and it holds some value or it feels like it could work in the context of the story, that's super fun to go over because it's a place for us to park our enthusiasm and then have discourse about it. That's the point of the channel. The point of the channel is to never intentionally mislead or unintentionally mislead because I didn't do my work as a journalist where we're starting to report some of this stuff or taking something somebody says simply because they're a writer at an editorial and then using words like official and reporting that when it's purely speculation. There are industry insiders. Some people want to say that they speculate, but they have their sources, their credibility, and their own track record. For everybody else, they're in the same boat that we are. There's a lot of difference between someone like the Diz Insider Skylar Schuler and somebody like Frankie Gilmore who just basically posted his own opinions on his Twitter and then found himself on some Marvel subreddits hours later 
is being reported as a scooper scooping stuff. And here at the channel, I hope you guys know we're always going the extra mile to try to discern when and where these things came from in the first place to accurately describe it as such so you guys can know where all of this stuff stands. And a reminder to be careful out there, especially on social media, people are taking quotes and or changing one word, putting it in quotation marks with a picture, and then that stuff is becoming news sources for a ton of other channels. And guys, I've even seen some of the biggest channels here recently completely get reports wrong or get duped by a report that's two or three years old. They see it in their feed as a recent article, run a whole YouTube video on it for a full eight to 10 minutes when they really were doing a report on a story that's like three years old from a you know where publication. That's, hey, that's the stuff that happens on YouTube. I hope you guys know we're going the extra mile. I apologize that the last three minutes of this video is definitely going to feel and sound like a rant, I'm not going to edit any of it, and hey, I probably am not going to be the first or the last YouTuber to do that on the channel. I probably should do it more. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below. $15 million in the grand scheme of how much this Spider-Man movie could make, especially if it's a live action into the Spider-Verse, this film could make a billion dollars easy. They should just give Tobey Maguire 25 and tell him to have a great day. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff here at the channel. We're still giving away a PlayStation 5. We just gave away the Beta Ray Bill and the Infinity Saga box set. Make sure to check back on that video to see who won. Also, if you want to be entered to win this PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers or any of the future prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Just hit the sub button because you got to be a subscriber, then leave a comment down below. And because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Then you want to make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content. And of course, if you enjoyed today's video, hit the like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me in a couple of places, guys. You can find me over on Instagram, at IamFires. Please come follow me over there. I post a lot of Marvel memes. It's good stuff for your feed. The second place you can find me is with original music, like the two songs you heard in the background of this video. You can find that over on Spotify under All Fires. I also stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. If you can ever really get the community going out over there, there may be an opportunity for some post-Marvel show live reaction videos place for us to all come and sort of discuss what we just watched either way there's links down in the description below hit one of those come follow me over on social media and stay tuned we'll be posting again here at the channel real real soon going on guys welcome to everything always my name is Michael Roman now as I'm sure a lot of you have seen and as we inch closer to the release of WandaVision on Disney Plus in just about a week they have really ramped up marketing over at Disney and Marvel Studios they're releasing a brand new clip it seems like every day huge announcements that this may be actually nine episodes long that we might get two episodes on the very first day and we just had Elizabeth Olsen on Jimmy Kimmel we'll have Paul Bettany later this week talking about fan theories now don't get me wrong as hype as everybody is for this it still doesn't feel like the hype is quite as high as it is for spider-man 3 which we don't get for over another year and we still don't have a trailer for it even though sony said we'd get one by 2021's come but here we are now in the beginning of the year no trailer in sight 
However, we just got a brand new leak covering the film. Yes, another one of those anonymous 4chan plot leaks. We're going to break it down in its entirety, read through it word for word, of course, issue the normal spoiler warning, and as always, try to contextualize it with what we already know and have confirmed about the film. We're going to break this whole plot leak down for Spider-Man 3 homeworlds but first if you could grab the subscribe button we're still giving away a playstation 5 at 800,000 subscribers and we'll be announcing some brand new prizes including disney plus subscriptions next week all you have to do to be entered to win hit the subscribe button then leave a comment on this video and if you want stick around at the end of the video we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there so as is custom at this channel when we cover leaks of this sort the normal spoiler warning and it's twofold first off remember to take anything that doesn't come officially from marvel studios with a grain of salt but in the past 4chan has been a source of some very correct leaks even more so than some of the hollywood trades so if this is in any way going to ruin spider-man 3 or the marvel phase 4 2021 release calendar for you maybe you want to back out of this video now as well as the source of this leak is 4chan that is not a safe site i'm going to go ahead and overlay most of the text for you guys during this video and by the time that this posts you can usually find the text reposted on reddit 4chan is not a safe site try to stay off of there now you've been warned let's jump right in now of course like any good anonymous leak this comes with a bit of a prologue and disclaimer it starts quote either trust me or don't i really could care less i've been lucky enough to know some pretty great people i'm not going to spoil any big stuff like who dies or major plot points but just go over the expectations of each projects along with some of the status of filming at the moment i'm only going to share stuff that i know to be true are very likely okay fair enough spider-man 3 i expect this to be a very long movie from what i've been told it is spider-man homeworlds confirming that title that we reported on over a month ago it apparently has the most dark and gritty moments of any spider-man movie which we expected picks up right where we left off meaning that the timetable will be right at the end of spider-man far from home bounty on spidey's head and of course that's because we know he's going to have all of those murders pinned on him by none other than mysterio this ties to WandaVision, won't spoil the link, and we already knew that this was sort of the middle film between the Multiverse of Madness and the WandaVision show we're about to see, and as I've speculated many times, it's probably in Marvel and Sony's best interest that they were given extra time to rearrange these films in a narrative order that made sense in order to use this Multiverse of Madness to explain the introduction and intersection of Sony's not-connected Spider-Verse. Doctor Strange is in the movie for only about 8 to 12 minutes, two or three scenes really. Cumberbatch was on set for two weeks, and all this stuff is done from what I understand. Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, will show up. I wasn't told if he will be in the Daredevil costume or if he'll be Peter Parker's lawyer or maybe both. All I was told is he has a small role in this, basically a cameo. Craven is the main villain. Scorpion is a secondary villain played by Michael Mando from Homecoming. I have not heard who will play Craven. I have heard a bunch of A-list names being floated around, so have we. We've reported several at this channel. JJ is another sort of villain as he has these Spider Slayer bots chase Peter throughout the city. By the way, plenty of J.K. Simmons as JJ in this, and that's something that we could have expected. The multiverse brings in Electro played by Fox. This isn't the exact same one from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but we'll have a new look more along the lines of a combo from the spectacular Spider-Man and Spider-Man PS4. I was told he's the second biggest villain after Kraven, and Fox hasn't shot any of his stuff yet. Alfred Molina is back as Otto Octavius with a new look, but just one scene and one fight scene. His stuff is already done and in the can. It was one of the very first things that they shot. Now, I want to be very honest about this plot leak because I have some thoughts here. I've been doing this for over three years, and one thing I always say about plot leaks that come late in the game, meaning after several plot leaks and after several reports on the movie, is that basically anyone can just go through, take all of the plot leaks that have already existed, 
summarize it, add a little fan fiction, and then you have a very thorough plot leak like this. And that's sort of what I thought was going on, especially through the first half, just summarizing all of the plot leaks. But there's two things in here that are super interesting that I want to point out. The first one is the Spider Slayer bots in J.K. Simmons. I'm not sure what the connection would be there, but we have heard from some legitimate sources there could be Spider Slayers involved with this, and I thought that was interesting because it hasn't really been touched on or confirmed in a lot of places. Then the last thing he wrote and said actually had me change my entire opinion about this plot leak. Alfred Molina back as Otto Octavius and has a new look, but is in just one scene, a fight scene. His stuff is already done in the can. It's one of the first things they shot. Now I can absolutely confirm that two of the earliest Spider-Man 3 videos we did here at the channel, and this is right after Tom Holland arrived on set, were from somebody who was working behind the scenes either as a camera guy or on set as a set person taking shots and uploading them to his own Instagram. He was shut down rather fast, but there were two pictures he uploaded. One, which looked like a very, very similar sort of lab setting that I suggested looked exactly like somewhere Dr. Octavius would be. The second was of a car battle scene on some blue screen, and some people pointed to this directly mirroring what happened during the very first Spider-Man trilogy in Spider-Man 2 with Alfred Molina. Basically, my point being is that even though we didn't get some of these reports till much later, months after they started filming, there's a good chance they might have had some of these contracts in place. Who knows how long? some of these actors have been signed on to do this and if that's the case then they could have already filmed this there may be something to this plot leak although it does summarize a lot of the stuff that we already know there's some new stuff in here that's interesting and gives it just a little bit of credibility but you guys let me know what you think down in the comments where do you stand on this plot leak do you like the elements and do you feel like maybe this guy just basically summarized everything that came before it interesting still and let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go we're still giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers we will also be giving away a ton of new Marvel prizes throughout the year, including some Disney Plus subscriptions and just a week when WandaVision launches. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes here at the channel, all the same rules will always apply. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button to be a subscriber, then leave a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on here at the channel, the better chance you have of winning. Then hit that notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content in order to better do that. And of course, if you enjoyed this video or the videos we post here at the channel, I'd appreciate it if you hit that like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me everywhere. Instagram, I am fires. Twitter, I am fires. Over on Spotify with original music, including the song you hear right here under all fires and even on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Novellin. There are links down in the description to all of this below. One more thing, guys, as we head into what looks like the beginning of a beautiful 2021, but a tumultuous time exactly ahead. Love one another, take care of one another. There may be dark times, there may be light times to come in this year, but after the year we've had, we could all use it. And as long as we take the idea that we just need to love and take care of each other into every situation and circumstance, then we're all going to be better for it. And if it starts there, then there's only good things to come. My name's Michael Roman. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now, I'm not sure if it's multiple people or one person in charge of all of the Sony Latin America social media accounts, but today marks the third one to tweet out and leak something about the upcoming Spider-Verse live action version. Yep, the third Instagram account on top of that leaked Sony trailer and now that leaked tweet talking about Spider-Man 3 and this time, they talk about solo movies for both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as well, listed right next to Venom 2. We're going to break down where this tweet came from. Yes, the account is verified. What's going on with this? Why they keep tweeting this stuff out and what it means for the upcoming Spider-Man 3 in the MCU. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers, plus a ton of other new Marvel prizes announced next week. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, leave a comment down below. And then if you want, stick around to the end of the video we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So as of the time of this video being posted, this original post is still up on Instagram. It's on the Instagram page, Sony Pictures Video MX. That's the official Instagram as listed for Sony Pictures Video Mexico. They listed this picture right here, and I'm going to translate it to English for you guys. It says, because I was good all year, I didn't get to go out much. I think they're going to bring me everything I ask for. And then the very first thing is Spider-Man movies for each separate Spider-Man and together as well. And then two later, it says Venom 2. Then at the very end of the list, it says, and revive Gwen Stacy and let her get back together with Andrew Garfield. Now, there is so much going on on this postcard. And if this was just somebody's random post, we wouldn't take it to heart, except for the fact that this is official and this is official to Sony, another international account, not only foreshadowing the live into the action Spider-Verse for Spider-Man 3, but hinting at separate solo films for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Now, in my heart and gut, because we've reported on those solo films as well, it makes me wonder if who's ever in charge of these Sony accounts is going on rumors and speculation the same way that the rest of the community is. And maybe they don't have a manager or a superior of some kind to stop them from posting this stuff or to hold them to a higher standard. And you've already seen what's happened with the two other social media accounts. First of all, that Sony Latin American trailer that leaked out. Sony went through and copyright struck that almost everywhere on YouTube, immediately letting us, the media, and then the fans subsequently know that that trailer was real, which means where there's smoke, there's fire. And these tweets from these other social media accounts might actually hold merit not to mention that we did report on the possibility of a solo spider-man 4 for sam raimi's universe and toby mcguire maybe even the completion of the andrew garfield trilogy there's a lot to unpack here but the huge question is is why sony a company like this with their most profitable ip being spider-man can't get their marketing team even internationally on the same page and has to worry about leaks coming from official sony accounts that's just that's crazy. That's what my channel is for. I don't know why they need official channels doing that. Either way, guys, it is super exciting, especially the prospect of maybe getting that Spider-Man 4 or the completion of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man 3 trilogy. Again, we've reported on the channel about that several times. And if we're lucky, maybe one of these accounts will go ahead and tweet out the title or some other details we don't know before Sony ever drops the official trailer we all thought we were getting last month. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below. How likely do you think it is that Sony would do a Spider-Man 4 to complete that Tobey Maguire original trilogy or that Andrew Garfield would reprise his role and get a Spider-Man 3 while they still have Tom Holland's Spider-Man operating in the MCU? It's just there's so much going on here and what is the capacity for the public to consume Spider-Man movies? 
I would argue they probably all would make over a billion dollars, but you know how humans are, one is going to be better than the other, and I would not want to be the Spider-Man who has his own solo movie come out in the same two years or 24 months as the other two and have the worst out of the three. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers, and we'll be announcing a ton of new Marvel prizes next week, including some Disney Plus subscriptions for the release of WandaVision. If you want to be entered to win or any of the future prizes here at the channel, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button because you need to be a subscriber, then leave a comment down below and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Then make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to better do that. And of course, if you enjoyed today's video and the content here at the channel, I'd appreciate it if you hit the like button. My name is Michael Roman. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFires, over on Twitter under IamFires, over on Spotify with original music, including this song under All Fires, and even on Twitch streaming, twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. going on guys welcome to everything always my name is michael roman i hope you're enjoying the reviews of wandavision as they've started to go out we talked about it last night as we reported with this weekend's press junket for the upcoming show they sent out the first three episodes to multiple industry sources so that they could review them and give us their feedback of course no major spoilers and it seems as though the reviews are all amazing which means hype which was already at an all-time high for new mcu canon is going to get even higher we have a report today from an industry insider indicating that they have finally sealed the deal with Tobey Maguire and given into his ask as we reported earlier this week could have been in the multi multi-million dollar range side by side with that a solo spin-off movie for a villain that we expect to see in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 we're gonna break it all down but first if you could grab the subscribe button we're giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers all you have to do hit the subscribe button then leave a comment down below and if you want stick around to the end of the video we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there so some quick context and to bring you guys up to speed with where we're at stemming long before we ever got the Latin America leaked trailer that we showed you clips from during the prologue seemingly confirming we're going to have a live action into the spider-verse in spider-man 3 there were tons of reports of this happening and alongside those reports were reports that Tobey Maguire was uncomfortable about coming back to the role Andrew Garfield as well didn't like the way he was treated there was a lot of trepidation and caution and those reports sort of never went away real recently Daniel Rickman industry insider reported via his patreon that Tobey Maguire's ask to be in this film was somewhere in the ballpark of 15 million dollars and as we said during that video this movie will probably make over a billion just pay the man well now industry insider Daniel Rickman has followed that up with two reports the first of which re-reported here that Marvel and Sony have decided to pay that man and have given into whatever his dollar amount request is finalizing the deal which means we can go ahead and all celebrate live action into the spider-verse is back on the second of which is that Electro played by Jamie Foxx is headed for his own solo spin-off again this coming from Daniel Rickman's patreon and it's interesting to think that that Marvel and Sony would work together on this and that this is going to be one big universe but Sony's gonna take all of these villains and develop them sort of on their own and outside the scope of the MCU one thing I've said before I think it's important to remember this because I've seen a lot of you in the comments who have been sort of upset that Sony's now gonna be a part of the MCU 
I don't think we were ever getting a Morbius solo film. They don't have the time and enough bandwidth for that. Yeah, we're getting shows like She-Hulk and Miss Marvel, maybe some franchises we never thought we'd get. Even still, I don't think there was ever going to be a Morbius solo film. So if you're cautious about Sony building out these characters, the way I urge you to look at it, just think of them as adding to the MCU canon because there's not room for a lot of these solo villain vignette movies over in the already overpacked MCU slate, right? So over at Sony just means we get more and backstory for the rogues gallery for Spider-Man, which we've never really gotten before and really didn't start until we got Tom Hardy as Venom and now Jared Leto as Morbius and compared to those two, in addition to the already Sony confirmed Craven project in development, in fact we heard from the writer last year on his idea for the script in the future of that maybe two part series which will have an eventual crossover with Spider-Man, it makes a lot of sense to have Jamie Foxx back in a lead role with an Electro backstory. All I'm going to do quickly is leave you with this final thought, as we've reported a couple of times, there's been rumors for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to finally get movies for their fourth and then third Spider-Man come back in some way in their own films. If you're going to have an Electro solo film, maybe that's the exact place that Andrew Garfield could come back. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below, both on the Electro solo outing and if this is awesome news about Tobey Maguire. Yeah, we already had set photos and he was on set, but they can agree in principle to these things and then still have to negotiate the contracts, which takes some time. I'm definitely celebrating and can't wait for the first look at the trailer, which hopefully we'll get sometime soon. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away a PlayStation five at 800,000 subscribers and announcing a ton of new Marvel prizes next week with the release of WandaVision. If you want to be entered to win and all the same rules will always apply for future prizes, hit the subscribe button because you need to be a subscriber. Then leave a comment down below and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners are announced in the end of the videos in the same segment we're doing here. You also want to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to help you keep up with the content. Of course, as always, if you enjoyed today's video or the content here at the channel, I'd appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me in a couple of places over on Instagram at I am fires on Twitter under the same handle. You can find me with original music on Spotify under all fires and even streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. There's links down in the description to all of those. Thanks so much for checking out the channel guys and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Before I go, I couldn't leave you without giving a few more updates on some of our most anticipated upcoming films. In January, we'll begin filming Thor Love and Thunder with director Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson returning. And I'm pleased to confirm that Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale is playing the villain, Gore the God Butcher. Thor Love and Thunder releases in theaters on May 6, 2022.
Happy New Year everyone, this is going to be my new Marvel Thor 4 video. Obviously they dropped that teaser back during that big Kevin Feige presentation, they also made some special announcements in the past couple of weeks. It'll also be crossing over with the Loki episodes which we're going to see in May. I will be doing episode videos for all that stuff including the WandaVision episodes that start next week, so be sure to subscribe to get all those if you're brand new to my channel. We're also doing a giveaway for Disney Plus subscriptions, all you have to do to enter is just be a subscriber and leave all your predictions for Thor 4 on the video. Taika Waititi released a whole bunch of teasers and early concept art talking about the story during 2020 in the lockdown period, so I'll include some of that in the video too. There was even the funny Iron Man scene that he quote unquote accidentally leaked, but that was meant to be a big joke. Iron Man himself is not in the movie, there was just a joke page that he left in frame during the live stream, just enough for people to see what was on the page. And during the script there was a bunch of really terrible dialogue about Thor running into a version of Iron Man seeing that he had survived the snap. But obviously that was just meant to be a joke, Iron Man is still supposed to be dead after the end of Avengers Endgame. Most of this video and the biggest thing obviously is Christian Bale being confirmed as Gore the God Butcher. I'm so happy that they confirmed my big theory because Gore is a really cool character and he's one of the few Marvel villains that's a big enough threat to Thor now that he's gotten all these big upgrades. Thor has been confirmed as a legit god in the MCU, he got his big Stormbreaker upgrade and he's in the middle of using Star-Lord's Bowflex to lose all that weight. Like you've seen Chris Hemsworth posting all those workout videos, Taika Waititi confirmed that we would not be doing Fat Thor anymore in the Thor movies. He's gonna go back to being the swole version of Thor that you would expect to see. But the other big change that Kevin Feige announced that because they shuffled some of the Marvel Phase 4 movies that also means that they changed some of the post credit scenes so that it all makes sense, all the post credit scenes that tease future films work in the right order now. So I will talk about some of the post credit scene changes during the video too. But just to talk about the biggest stuff first, obviously Christian Bale, Gore the God Butcher. If you haven't been reading the comics, the Gore storyline is all Jason Aaron. The reason why that's important for the other stuff that they're doing with the Thor 4 movie, the Jane Foster version of Thor, is because Jason Aaron also wrote the Mighty Thor storyline with Jane Foster's Thor. But the whole thing with Gore is that he basically goes around the Marvel Universe killing everyone that's a god, not just the Thor characters, but anyone who can claim any sort of godhood on any level in the MCU. The reason why Gore hates gods so much is because he used to worship them, he was a very devout person, he prayed for deliverance from suffering and plight, he feels like they abandoned him because his family died, he's out for revenge. So he blames all the Marvel gods for being lazy, not doing their jobs, protecting their subjects, saying they don't care about us, the gods don't care about us, so they should all die. So in the MCU, during Avengers Infinity War, when Thanos snaps the Infinity Gauntlet killing half of all life, Gore did not get snapped. He survived during that five year time span, but his family did get snapped. He feels like Thor, the other MCU gods, should have protected them from Thanos in the snap. They got into this a little bit with Eitri and the dwarves on Niveldalir when he went to get Stormbreaker built. Peter Dinklage's character, Eitri, said that Thor was supposed to protect them from Thanos. You were supposed to protect us. They were attacked by Thanos when he forced them to create the Infinity Gauntlet when Loki was still pretending to be Odin when Thor was on walkabout. And as we learned, Loki really didn't do anything as King of Asgard. He just sat around building statues of himself, writing those bad plays about his life. So that's why Gore wants to kill Thor. He blames him for not rescuing them. Remember all the memes after Avengers Infinity War? Thor should have gone for the head. That's why Gore wants to get him. Then after the snap, when he should have been helping his people rebuild, helping the other people of the universe the way the other gods should have, Thor completely abandoned his post like you see him sitting there getting super fat playing Fortnite with Korg and Meek. 
The only thing he did during that period was just sass Noobmaster and drink a whole lot of beer. Then after Avengers Endgame, when they snap everyone back, Thor continues to shirk his responsibilities as a legit god in the MCU. He doesn't want to be king of Asgard, so he just screws off with the Guardians of the Galaxy for fun and adventure. So that's why Gore hates all Marvel gods, and he's basically going around at the beginning of Thor 4 around the universe, killing anyone that can claim any sort of godhood, even the lesser gods, even the major gods. That's why it's so relevant that the Guardians of the Galaxy are a big part of the movie. They're a much bigger part than I would have expected before, and most of the Guardians are showing up now, confirmed to be showing up on set, because they're filming right now. You may have seen the video of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland spoiling his involvement in the movie. It was totally hilarious. I've got um, Guardians uh, coming up awesome. uh, next year, and I've got Thor. I'm going to go be in Thor in Australia, so I'll be traveling to Australia in about a week. And, um, oh, wait a minute. Did you just say you're going to be in Thor? Yeah. That's so crazy, I, did it? Am I not supposed I feel, to say that? I feel like no one knew that, bro. No, they knew that. They knew that. I think they knew that. No, they knew that. If they didn't, they know now. Oh, shit. Well, they know now. Um, <laughs> Chris Pratt doing his best to join the Spoiler Bros, Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo. Star-Lord is technically also a god in the Marvel Universe, more of a demigod, actually because he's half-god, the son of Ego the Living Planet, who literally called himself a god with a little g. Even though he lost his powers when Ego supposedly died, and he's not as powerful when he's not touching Ego's surface, Gore wouldn't care about any of those qualifiers, he'd just say, you're a god, you just made my list. So you have to imagine Peter Quill trying to dance his way out of that fight. And for those of you that are really hyped up about the Necro Sword, Taika Waititi said that they had actually already borrowed some aspects of Gore the God Butcher's Necro Sword when they created the Hela character in Thor Ragnarok. They said that Hela's ability to manifest all those weapons, the blaze that just come out of nowhere, the giant spikes at the end of the movie when she's fighting Surtur, those were inspired visually by the look and the feel of Gore's Necro Sword. And I know because of the lore behind the Necro Sword and what Marvel did with that recently during the Donny Cates comics run, and all the Spider-Man 3, Spider-Verse, Multiverse Easter eggs it seems like we're getting in the confirmed Tom Holland, Venom movie crossover that they're building up to in the future, a lot of you are now asking if there's going to be some sort of Venom Easter eggs in their interpretation of gore in the Necro Sword. Because in the Marvel Universe now, the Necro Sword is basically the primal symbiote. It's like a supercharged version of the Venom symbiote. I think at some point eventually Sony would love to be able to build up to a Null storyline with the primal symbiotes inside the Venom spin-off movies. But the thing is, is that the Null character just relative to Venom is kind of like a Thanos Infinity Gauntlet level storyline. So they can't just go straight to that right away. There's still so much other story that they have to do first. And most of what Kevin Feige has said about Venom MCU crossover stuff is that it'll be Tom Holland's Spider-Man going to the Venom movie, not Venom coming to the MCU. So just depending on how they interpret Gore's Necro Sword during the movie, we'll see if there are any kind of smaller Venom Easter eggs, but obviously I'm not expecting Venom to show up anywhere during the movie. Remember the town Tonsburg where New Asgard is built? That's the same town from the flashback at the beginning of the first Thor movie where they were fighting the Frost Giants. It's also the town where Odin hid the Tesseract at the beginning of the first Captain America movie. It's like Odin's favorite town. Marvel wrote Thor into the Beowulf epic poem, and inside that town, Tonsberg, Norway, in ancient times, the Grendel creature attacks. Within the Marvel Universe, they revealed that the Grendel creature was just the primal symbiote inhabiting other creatures, other people. So it was basically Thor versus a version of Venom in ancient history. 
But because the movie is probably only going to be like two and a half hours long, I'm only expecting Thor 4 to do a Cliff's Notes version of any kind of big history like that, and obviously Gore's history as well. The reason why the Gore story is connected to what's happening in the Mighty Thor storyline is because of all the idea of multiple versions of Thor. During the Gore storyline, you have the main version of Thor teaming up with other versions of himself to defeat him just because he's not enough by himself to defeat Gore. The big difference though is that it's actually other versions of himself from other parts of the timeline, not from alternate universes. And the way the MCU is treating time travel in the multiverse is that they're all kind of lumping it together using the quantum realm. So time travel, alternate timelines, alternate realities, alternate dimensions, all kind of the same thing within the MCU. The Loki series that we're going to be getting episodes for in May after the Black Widow movie drops is going to flesh out more MCU time travel and the mechanics of these alternate timelines, alternate realities. The WandaVision episodes, which we're going to be getting really, really soon, is going to be the beginning of the multiverse storyline in Marvel Phase 4, Scarlet Witch sort of setting things off in a big way. But that series doesn't really get into time travel. That's more just about alternate realities. The reason why after Avengers Endgame, Gore is like the next big major Marvel villain, next Thanos level threat, is because his grand plan is to build a bomb that will kill all Marvel gods all across the MCU, all at the same time, all across time and space. So it's like a version of Thanos snapping the Infinity Gauntlet, killing a selected half of all life, except this time he's only killing the gods. But just talking about some of the Marvel Phase 4 post credit scenes, because Thor 4 is coming out right after Doctor Strange 2, I would expect a Doctor Strange 2 post credit scene with the Thor characters setting up the beginning of that movie. They did the exact same thing with the first Doctor Strange movie, so maybe they'll just have another funny moment like that. And because this version of Loki is also going to be in Thor 4, I would also expect a Loki post credit scene at the end of that series helping set up the beginning of Thor 4 as well. There was also a really big announcement about the future of the Loki series this morning, so that's probably going to be my next video. I'll try to post that by later tonight if I can work fast enough. And also, the very first episode of Marvel Legends is dropping, I believe, at midnight, so I will do a video for that tomorrow. That's going to be sort of a prequel to the WandaVision episodes. Those will also start next week as well. So just make sure you have alerts turned on for my channel so you don't miss any of those videos. And I'll name a giveaway winner when I post that new Loki video. Everyone click here for that really big WandaVision episode 1 scene and the X-Men stuff that they just posted and click here for that really big Deadpool 3 Ryan Reynolds video that he just posted as well. Thank you so much for watching, everyone stay safe and Happy New Year!
expect. Happy New Year everyone, welcome back. This is gonna be my new Marvel Loki video. They just announced season two and what's going on with him connecting to the other Marvel Phase 4 movies like Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, the new Fantastic Four movie, Thor 4, Love and Thunder, so we'll break it all down. This new version of Loki is gonna be all over the timeline, all over the multiverse in Marvel Phase 4, as you would expect. We're doing a Disney Plus giveaway for memberships. All you have to do to enter is be a subscriber and let me know what you're most hyped up about for the Loki series. So if you don't know what's going on, there was this big Marvel announcement about what's going on with Kevin Feige's projects in the future separately from Marvel Phase 4, and as part of this, there was a bunch of Loki news buried in that, so I'll start with that stuff first. Marvel and Kevin Feige just signed the showrunner of the Loki series to a much bigger deal because it went so well they want him to work on other projects inside Marvel and with Kevin Feige outside of Marvel. So the Loki showrunner is going to be writing the Star Wars movie that Kevin Feige did. They announced that a long time ago, but they haven't said anything about it since then. I'll mention that at the end of the video too because it's not totally relevant for what's going on with Loki inside the MCU. But Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie is going to be set after the Rogue One movie and after Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie, so we're not going to see that for a long, long time. But this writer is also the same person who wrote the Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness movie, so to make a Spider-Man pun, you're starting to see the web connecting everyone to this Loki character, this new version of Loki behind the scenes in Marvel Phase 4 in what they're doing with the series and how it helps set up all the other stuff in the movies, not just Thor 4 Love and Thunder, because he's a core Thor character. Taika Waititi confirmed he was going to be in the movie. But the new Fantastic Four movie, Ant-Man 3 Quantumania with King the Conqueror, and how all those movies are going to affect Loki Season 2, which they just announced. So obviously the Loki series now is one of the first big Marvel Disney Plus series that is going to get a Season 2. It won't be the only one, but some of these Marvel Phase 4 series will only get one season. They'll call them like limited series or something like that. But also fun fact, Michael Waldron is the writer showrunner's name that they signed to this overall deal with Kevin Feige and Marvel. He came from the Rick and Morty TV show. The person who wrote Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, is also someone who came from Rick and Morty. The Loki Disney Plus series is kind of like Marvel's version of the Rick and Morty TV show, but there are just in general a lot of Rick and Morty people working on new Marvel Phase 4 projects because of what they're doing with the multiverse. But Loki Season 2, per their announcement, will just continue the same type of mission this version of Loki is on during Loki Season 1, just the same energy. The Season 1 episodes will be released in May, probably a week or two after the Black Widow movie drops in theaters. Hopefully theaters will be open and we can actually see it in a movie theater. But the core concept here is that it's both a time travel and a multiverse alternate timeline show, like the ancient one during Avengers Endgame defined alternate timelines as alternate realities created by the Infinity Stones. And because he was carrying the Space Stone in Infinity Stone, he created a new timeline for himself. He gets caught by the Time Variance Authority, as you see here, him in chains, you're taking me somewhere to kill me. They're an agency that exists outside of the normal flow of space-time, like Owen Wilson's character says, you know, I don't really know how long I've been here, time doesn't move the same way. You'll pick up on it pretty fast, like Loki has no idea what's going on. They function to control the main body of timelines in the MCU multiverse. So they're like multiverse time cops. They don't just police the one main timeline. They police a sanctioned group of main timelines. 
in any time an unsanctioned timeline is created by someone, usually a villain like King the Conqueror or Loki in this case, they step in to deal with it. Because remember, they created the rules for time travel in the MCU, like you can't change your future, you can only create alternate timelines where things wind up happening differently. So you could travel into your own history, but if you changed events, you would just create a new branch timeline. Owen Wilson is playing Loki's handler. He is a comic book character from the Time Variance Authority in the comics, but the judgment that Gugu Mbatham-Ra hands down to Loki here, the mission she puts him on, is that he has to go around capturing the other alternate versions of himself, other Lokis, who are causing much worse problems in alternate timelines. So now you start to see the Rick and Morty of it all. Loki is both the hero and the villain of his own series. It's a brilliant idea. They kind of use that same twist in the WandaVision series too, because just like Loki, Scarlet Witch has also caused a lot of the problems for the Avengers that they wind up having to solve. You just have to imagine that a lot of these other alternate Lokis are way, way worse than this version of Loki, like female Loki here and President Loki. I know everybody keeps asking when this scene goes by, is that Black Widow? I think it's just because she has blonde hair. Anytime someone sees a blurry picture in the background of someone with blonde hair, they think that it's Black Widow from Avengers Endgame. This is what the person looks like close up. Obviously, this is not Black Widow. This is the female version of Loki from the comics. But both of them look like, in their timelines, they do things that lead to the utter destruction of the Earth. Like, worst possible outcome, putting Loki in charge. Who could have guessed, after Thor Ragnarok, that putting Loki in charge would be a bad idea? But confirming the alternate Loki's theory, you see this main Loki in his Time Variance Authority uniform here, and President Loki both in the same scene. So this is proof that it's a Loki versus alternate Loki situation. So talking about Loki season two, you just have to imagine that during season one, the Lokis here that he's hunting down and stopping are just the tip of the Loki iceberg in terms of alternate Lokis. Like he's C-137 Rick Sanchez, and it's a bunch of rogue Ricks from the Citadel of Ricks running around just doing really crazy things in alternate dimensions that he has to go around and stop. You could also think of the Time Variance Authority as being like the time police from Rick and Morty. You do not mess with time. All the Thor 4 Love and Thunder crossover is just such that Taika Waititi confirmed that a version of Loki would be in the movie. The way he talked about it, he made this really sarcastic comment when people asked him, like, a Tom Hiddleston gonna be in Thor 4? And he's like, yeah, it would be weird for us to make a Thor movie without Loki in it. So it's basically him saying, yeah, we're definitely gonna have a version of Loki in this. And since the story of Thor 4 that they're doing is a combination of the Gore the God Butcher story in Mighty Thor, and during those, there are many different Thors from different parts of the timeline, and we're dealing with the multiverse here, it's really easy to understand how an alternate universe Loki could also show up too. Gore the God Butcher is butchering all gods indiscriminately, and Loki is the god of mischief. So I wouldn't be surprised if he also kills a few alternate versions of Loki himself. I've already done a Thor 4 teaser trailer video, so I'll link that at the end of this. A lot of people were asking during that about what qualifies as a Marvel god. Like, Thor is a god in the MCU. Star-Lord is also kind of like a god in the MCU, the way the Ego the Living Planet talks about it. God with a little g. What they'll do is at the beginning of that movie, they'll just have a couple scenes explaining who Gore is, setting his character up, just going around killing a bunch of lesser gods around the MCU. All the Fantastic Four, Kang the Conqueror, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 connection is such that Kang is a time travel villain and the Time Variance Authority has primarily showed up in the Thor and Fantastic Four comics, interacting mostly with those characters. They don't have an official release date for that brand new Fantastic Four movie that they're rebooting inside the MCU, but based on all the movie release dates that they've announced so far, it seems like the new Fantastic Four movie is coming out right after Ant-Man 3. 
The connection between Kang and the Fantastic Four is that Kang's real name is Nathaniel Richards. He's a distant descendant of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic in the MCU. He's being played by Jonathan Majors. He's going to be fantastic. He's a great actor, so I'm interested to see what they do with this version of Kang inside the MCU. But just to explain what's going on with the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie, they just announced that he's producing a new Star Wars movie. It'll probably be set during the same time period as the other new Star Wars movies that they're making. So the Rogue Squadron movie is coming out first, then they're doing Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. Both of those are confirmed to be taking place in the future after the events of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. They didn't say how far in the future, but probably distant future. But if you have any questions about what's going on with the Loki series or Loki season two, just write those below in the comments. There'll be more trailers for this showing up real soon, but obviously the WandaVision episodes drop next week. So make sure you have alerts turned on for my channel. My WandaVision episode one video will post next Friday. It'll be the same schedule as my Mandalorian Star Wars episodes. While you wait for everything, click here for that brand new Thor 4 teaser trailer and click here for that WandaVision episode one video. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe and happy new year.